Hello and welcome back to the Talking Leadership TV podcast series. My guest today is Matthew Rose. Matthew completed a Bachelor of Business in 2010 and a Master of Diplomacy and Trade in 2016. He undertook the graduate program at the Department of Treasury and Finance in 2013 where he stayed for four years before leaving for Exquisine. On a trip to Antarctica in 2017 with his father David, it was agreed that Matthew would join the family business, Exquisine, Australia's leading private label dairy dessert manufacturer. Starting at Exquisine later that year, he immediately took over the financial management of the company and in 2023 he assumed the role of CEO. He considers one of his key achievements at Exquisine to date to be the signing of a license agreement with Mondelez, owner of Cadbury in 2022. In his own words, we're exceptionally proud that a company as large as Mondelez would partner with Exquisine. I remember in the final contract negotiations, there were two of us from Exquisine and Mondelez had representatives from HQ in Geneva, QA in India, Legal in Singapore, our main contract in Melbourne, and at the final moment, someone from marketing in America got involved. It felt a little intimidating, except that there was nothing adversarial in the negotiations, where we were all working together to achieve the same outcome. Seven months later, we successfully launched two desserts, a Cadbury Dairy Milk Mousse and a Caramello Mousse, nationally into the major supermarkets. The signing of that deal, alongside with some other exciting developments, sees Exquisine in a period of rapid growth. Outside of work, Matthew is active in his community, being the current treasurer and executive board member on two separate community groups, his children's toy library and his childhood synagogue. More importantly, Matthew is the father of two children. Matthew's leadership journey is quite an interesting one, but enough from me and I'll hand over to Matthew. Matthew, thank you for giving me your time today, mate. So let, let's get into the first of the leadership themes that I've shared with you. And we'll start with your leadership and its beginnings. Where did it all start for you, mate? Um, I think I, I sort of fell into leadership at, a, at an early age. Um, if I think back growing up, you know, I was coaching basketball as a, a teenager um, when I got to university, I joined the, uh, what was it, the, the, I was the student representative on the academic committee or whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, and I think that it um, sort of, yeah, I fell into it and then I, I got a taste for it. I thought, yeah, this is this is good. And, and I feel, a, um, I feel a, a sort of responsibility, I think, to, to, to lead and to to be active in community um, there's a there's an expression uh, that that's always spoken to me which is you know the saying um you know if not me then who if not now then when um, and you know that's always sort of been close to my heart that that feeling and so I see if there's something that needs doing and no one's doing it I, I sort of get this guilt um, I mean I'm I'm, I'm Jewish and, and we're we're renowned for, for guilt. Maybe not as as bad as Catholics, and um, the Jewish guilt's a real thing. So I get this this guilt of oh yeah I should I should be doing something here. Um, so yeah I was I, I sort of got into to leadership pretty early I guess and and it sort of just con- continued through. Yeah that that's uh and, and thank you for sharing that. That's an interesting response and it. it resonate it resonates with me in as much as that being of service to others in leadership and wanting to help 
to get something done is is a driver and it's a good positive driver for leadership. And just just um, before we go into what your definition of leadership is, do you think you've drawn any exemplars about being uh, an effective leader from uh, colleagues or parents or people in your social circles that, that have helped solidify that for you? Or was that a light bulb moment at some point in your life when you went, yeah, I want to. I want to be the person that's making the calls and the shots rather than being led. Well, I think there's there's two parts to that. First of all, um, I think I at least learn more from negative role models than positive role models. Um, and I remember my first job um, as a public servant. Uh, a new a new secretary came on and, and took over as, whilst I was there, and he said, um, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all about culture and, and bringing us all together." And um, you know, I, I, my approach has been so my my ethos is to always be approachable, and and you know, I, I really want to work well as a team. Um, and now I never saw him. <laughs> you know, so he was, and, and yeah, really. Really, an exceptional guy who's, who's, who's had a great career and, and a smart bloke, but there wasn't there wasn't a genuine follow through on, on what he said. Um, so I think that being being genuine is really really important in, in, in leadership. So there's yeah there's some negative role models, um, but yeah definitely uh, positive role models that I've I've looked at. Um, and and this yeah we'll, we'll touch on sort of how I define leadership in, in a moment, but I had a, again at the public sector I had a manager there who was beyond excellent, um, and I you know he he really made me stay in the public sector for probably two years longer than I otherwise would have, um, just because he was such a great manager and and, and leader as well. You know you, you don't need to be have the positional authority to, to be a leader. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And um, it's really good in a career, um, and I'm, I'm coming at this from uh, an old man's perspective. I'm pushing 50 and I've, I've lived some life and I, I, I reckon, and maybe you have a view on this, I hope you've got a view on this, that um, you the good ones stay in your mind a lot and that, that manager that you talked about, it seems like that was the top of your mind. Yeah. But also the terrible ones stay up there as well where you learn some shit and you go, okay, um, this is not what to do. And, you know, that example of the the head of a department coming down and, and not matching the words with the actions, I think that can also be a product of in those roles you've got so many people that you've got to interact with that you can lose some of that genuineness because of the the, the scope of the task. And I've always wondered, and I've wondered out loud on this podcast at least, if you're in an organisation with hundreds or thousands of people, you're never going to meet all of them to have that one-on-one relationship. But the ones that you do meet, if you can be genuinely yourself, I think that speaks volume for the tone of leadership that you can set. Does that does that resonate for you, Matthew? I, mean, I think you're right. If you're leading an organisation with thousands of people, you can't know everyone by name. Um, I have friends who lead organisations with hundreds of people and they tell me they know everyone's name and who works for them. Uh, we have 
about 40 to 50 staff here. And I, for me, that's sort of, I, I struggle at that level. So, so I, I think you can know everyone's, everyone's name and, and you can still be, um, a, yeah, you can be approachable and, and genuine in, in your, your, your interaction. So I, I, I don't know, I think that being, um, saying that you're just because you got, you, you lead a large organization that you can't be, be approachable to everyone is, is a, maybe a bit of a cop out. Yeah, no, sorry, and that's not what I meant. I, I guess that you, you can't. No, that's cool. You you can't um, be as present for such such larger numbers of people as you might otherwise be because you're never going to have the hours in the day to do it. But definitely take on what you're saying that if you can be genuine in any interaction you're having, and be um, that vulnerable you, and I don't mean vulnerable in a sense of safety, but be genuinely yeah. you, what to know. I think that. That has some street cred that um, a lot of people don't give that um, credit for, and I think it's an art form because leaders do that. Some leaders do that exceptionally well, and some don't do it well at all. And yeah, I mean, and, and I think yeah, I'll, I'll give a quick um, anecdote. I was in when I was in government. I was you know, in uh, cabinet meetings. You've got um, you know, your, your, your ministers sitting there, and then behind them you've got so the secretaries and, and deputy secretaries, and then behind them, you've got people like me who were you know, down the bottom of the, the ladder. Um, and I used to sit in, in cabinet meetings every couple of weeks, maybe every every month or so. Um, and I remember uh, the Premier, Dan, Dan Andrews, you know, came around it. And like him or, or, or not, um, he came around and he introduced himself to everyone in the room and, Shook your hand, said, "Oh, good day, I'm Dan Andrews. Yeah, how are you? How are you going?" And, and exchanged a couple of words with with everyone there. Um, now he has no idea who I am. You know, I, I met him a bunch of times, and and I don't expect him to remember me. But I remember his his openness in that in that interaction. Okay, he's a politician. It's that's his art form, and he's trained to do that. Um, but I think you can. Yeah, you don't need to have intimate knowledge of, of people's lives to still create a connection with them. Yeah, no, I, I can I can understand that in my previous life, working life, um, I've, I've met politicians as well. And I think you can, most people, I think we've got the radar to know what's genuine and what's not. And I think that effort, what you're talking about is making the effort to make the introduction, even though you may have met the person multiple times and they still may not know your name, at least they're making the effort to do it. And I guess you, you picked a um, a pinnacle of leadership leadership in any state or territory when you're talking about the premier. That yeah, having the the um, the mental faculty to remember everybody you've ever come across, I think, is a little is a bit much. And I and I, I get that, um, but can also get the reverse if you don't get that vibe from them that they're genuinely interested that you're in the room, then, yeah, I guess it would make for a difficult job if you're a, a public servant or at least trying to uh, wanting to stay. And the fact that you mentioned before that your previous manager kept you on because of how good he was at his job, that's um, that's that's a big accolade for someone if, if your people are 
um, wanting to stay that way. I think the that the analogy that I use, and it's not a great one, but it's it's my one. You do, you you may or may not like it. Is that if you've got people that are prepared to jump on grenades for you, I think you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and yeah, but I think to to get people prepared to jump on grenades for you, you need to be prepared to jump on grenades for them as well. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. It starts at, at you know, the leader has to show that first. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. Look, um, nice segueing here into um, your definition of leadership. So what does that look like, mate? I mean, this was, um, I, I think, yeah, clearly there's a textbook definition of leadership and, and yeah, that's what it is. Um, leadership to me is I, I, when I look at that, I think it's very personal and very different to play like there's so many different types of, of leaders. And that's why you're doing this podcast because you're, you're a studying and, and a student of leadership. Um, so I can talk to what my style of leadership is. Uh, and it's, yeah, I think leadership is, um, for me, it's, it's helping others and, and it's, it's enabling others to be the best that they can be. Um, a leader needs to uh, you know, set set clear direction and, and set strategy and um, you know uh, help help bring people along and um, uh, yeah okay you might say I, I'm a, a bit of a political science nuffy so um, yeah, there's a, a quote I like from the West Wing and I don't know where yeah, um, when Sorkin got it from but yeah a leader without any followers is just a guy going for a walk. Um, so you need to have, yeah, you, as a leader, you need to set direction, bring people along with you. My, my style in that is to, to bring people along by helping them. So I see myself as, um, yeah, is it, is, is it, is that the servant leadership style? Is that what, what that, that refers to? You know, I, I want to, um, assist people to be the best that they can be to then help in this instance, our organisation, be the, the best that we can be, but you know, whether that's, as I said before, in, in basketball or sports or um, whatever, it's, it's for me, it's about helping uh, bring the best out of everyone. Yeah, it's telling, um, and I, I, I like hearing this when I'm talking um, to people on this topic area, is, is that um, what motivate your your style, your approach to leadership, the process, and and what that means for you is about being enabler of of others and helping them to get that step up. With the outcome being that you know the the offshoot of being in that mindset is that you're going to get better productivity and better engagement from the people that you're working with. Because if if you're not the kind of leader that's in, into command and control, and and you see people as an asset and a tool rather than human beings, I think it shapes quite significantly what you can do in your business. Now I'm, 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 I'm talking from uh, a lot of this is textbook, textbook knowledge and experience of an industry sector that is not the same as what you're in, but um, having never run a business the size of yours, my guess here is that, yeah, if, if you can bring people along for the ride and they feel invested in you because your first thought is about your people and, and getting them up and going is a very different one to looking at them as an asset that, that needs to be expended to get the job done. I think people pick up on that quite quickly if, if you're not 
whichever camp you're coming from, I think people know instinctively. Now that said, some people view the world of work as very functional. You go and do a job, you go home, you don't want to do anything else. Whereas some see um, a lot of themselves in the job that they do and they want recognition, they want help, they want someone to listen to them. And I, I think from what you've said, you bring that um, to the table. It's never a perfect process, obviously. There's always going to be a hiccup now and then. But, um, yeah, that that's an interesting interesting approach and it, it's it, again good to hear that that's what motivates your approach to leadership i'm not sure if that's the textbook definition of anything because i've never been one to um get to the textbook definition around this because i learned very early on and you've you've made it very clear that we don't all have the exact same definition but the question is so so what as long as it, it gets to the number of, of being about people i think where kind of on the same um, page there. So I'll go to, I don't know if this is negative, but definitely something around the process of leadership. I've heard it said that the, the leadership process is a lonely road. Is it, is it that or is it as lonely as you make it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you know, leadership is, is isolating um, and, and loneliness is that the emotional response to that. Um, and so, yeah, when, when you're, if we think of, of, you know, organization being a leadership triangle, if you're at the top, clearly you are one of one. Um, but I, I think that you, you can help alleviate that feeling of, of loneliness by getting help. So uh, I mentioned before, I'm part of a, a tech group. Sorry, I mentioned it offline. Um, so yeah, and, and that's a, a peer network of, of CEOs. Um, and we come together uh, once a month and, and we talk through issues that are facing our, our organizations. Um, I also have an executive coach or, or mentor. Uh, so yeah, I think if you're if you're aware of, of that. Uh, the potential pitfall of loneliness and you can actively work to, to mitigate uh, that feeling, then, yeah, leadership is still isolating, but you put support networks around the, the leader and don't fall into loneliness. Yeah, and that that's as much as you can do because at the end of the day, if you're ultimately the final decision maker, you've got if you've got those supports, I think making that decision can be made a little easier, but there are always consequences to this, the decisions that you make. And unfortunately, you're going to have times in a career, and I've been on one end of this and on the other, is that you have to deliver bad news to someone or you've got to let someone go. And I think having difficult conversations in my mind, having experienced it only a few times in a career, was probably the hardest thing I've had to do or receive that feedback that, hey, surplus to needs or hey we've we're we're taking a slightly different direction because you know that you're talking to a human being that this is going to have consequences for them in terms of family potentially or income and all the rest of it and um yeah that that kind of shit would keep you up at night i think if if you're not human you wouldn't um it wouldn't but um i think you, you you think about that at least i would i'm not talking about you i'm from my perspective i think there's um there's some conversations that would be extremely difficult to have. And then there's the, the there's always that good side of it where you've got 
a coach, a mentor, a peer network where you can test your ideas and um, you can make mistakes in a, um, I hate the word safe, safe space, but in a place where the, if it goes nowhere, it goes nowhere. And then applying it to the real world of your business is something else um, entirely. Look, um, we'll go to something more positive now. Uh, measurement of success for you. And I don't mean that just financially when it comes to your people, the business. What are your measures of success, Matthew? Yeah, I, I think there's um, there's sort of two two ways of looking at success: uh, intrinsic success, you know, how, how do you feel you've done a good job, and extrinsic uh, success, which is you know, your, your KPIs and are you are you doing the job? Um, uh, the the second one, extrinsic success, easy. Yeah, I, there's a whole lot of KPIs against your job. Are you are you reaching them or not? Find yeah, for me there's you know sales and um, you, know, you know gross margin KPIs and that sort of thing. Um, uh, intrinsic success is how I how I think about it and, and that's how I measure it myself. And and for me that's as simple as at the end of the day, do I go home confident that I've given it my all and that I've I've done the best job that I could do, which is a the best job that anyone could do, um, because I'm I'm relatively early in, in, in my career, and and I'm I hope that I'm going to be a better leader in ten years than I am today. Um, but if I, knowing everything I know and being the person I am, if I can look in the mirror and say, yeah, Matt, you've done you've done the best you could do, uh, that's that's success for me. Um, yeah, just being yeah, the, the the confidence in in myself, I guess, it, 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 alongside that, to um, yeah, to to know that that I've I've done everything I could. That's all. That's that's how I want to measure success. Yeah, and it makes sense. And as I said offline, I I think I learned something. Well, I know I learned something every discussion I have, and I never thought about um, creating that category of of an intrinsic level of success versus the extrinsic stuff and both have a place and both will matter for different reasons. The extrinsic is what people see. The intrinsic is about you. And um, yeah. I think that split, it's a healthy split um, because you, um, the success or failure of the business is not just on the head in my belief of the leader. Um, you've got people around you. So you've got other brains that are trying to help you reach certain things. And um, for me, part of that intrinsic discussion is um, have I have I led people to be better at their jobs or help them develop professionally, whatever that um, looks like? And, and in your business, you will know what those touch points are as you go along because um, I think the two are, are very much connected. If you've got a happy, productive workplace, you would hope that that gets reflected in those extrinsic measures that yeah. you're, you're potentially selling more, you're creating a bigger customer network, whatever that um, external KPI looks like so it makes sense to me um, you've you've helped me sort of get funnel this to a point where I can ask you about leader capabilities now you've given some hints on what you what I you've given some hints in this discussion of what those might look like but I'll ask you outright do you have a list or do you have some key leader capabilities that to you are critical for being an effective leader I, for me it's being 
genuine and authentic. Um, and because that's, uh, I can't do leadership in the way that you do leadership, uh, Eric. I, I can't do it in the way that Dan Andrews does leadership um, because people will see through the fakeness of that. Uh, and you might be able to fake it to a certain extent, but at some point you're, everyone will know you're faking it. So the, I, I think the key, again, my personal opinion, the key capability is to know yourself, be authentic and, and genuine to yourself, and then what comes out of that will make you a, a good leader. Um, so, yeah, as, as I touched on earlier, my style is, is to bring the best out of others. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a technical expert. Um, we have have people with engineers working for us. We have you know, a COO who's, who's excellent, um, head of sales who's excellent. I'm not better at their jobs than, than they are. Uh, what, I, what I can do is, is bring everyone together and, and help them be the best that, that they can be. So, yeah, I think the, the, the crux of it is being, being genuine and, and authentic uh, and and every individual the best leader that they can be and, and noting that everyone's going to be a different different type of leader. Yeah, 100%. Um, this, this question, the next one, definitely one I'm, I'm interested in getting your views on, the nature versus nurture. So are leaders born or are they made? Yeah, it's interesting. I, and I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> And I don't know that I have a strong opinion on it. Um, there's a really good book, uh, Bounce, by by Matthew Said. I don't know if you've you've read it. Um, that was a book that really spoke to to me. And, and he was looking at um, well, this exact question. He was looking at athletes really, and you know, are they is it situational or are they is it are they born into it or and his his argument in the end is that it's it's you know that athletes are made it's 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 about the situation in which they they exist um not they're not born with with special capabilities I, and and i liked his book and that probably influenced me early on i think that there are some people who are natural leaders you know people who um, others gravitate to them, and so definitely there are there are some people who it's easier for them to be to be leaders. To be an excellent leader, I think you need to work on it. You need to be intentional in your development of, of leadership. Um, yeah, I think leadership's like a muscle. You can you can work out and you can make it stronger. But if you're not exercising it, it diminishes. And, and so uh, if you're going to be a great, great leader, you need to work on it. At some point, the, the nurture comes into it. Nature might give you a head start, but you, you need to be working on, on being a, a leader. And, and you know, I, I, that's what I, I do. I don't think I'm a natural leader, um, but it's something that I, I feel strongly about. So I do work very intentionally to become a better, a better leader. Yeah, that that's um interesting response and thank you for sharing it. I, I can't find myself, not that I'm 
gear to do this to disagree. I think, yeah, you, you need to develop those skill sets. And I think that that um, you brought this up and you're not the first to do this, but what I'm constantly trying to update my thinking and expand it where I can. And on, on this one, what's of interest to me and in what you said is that intentionality, like if you're going to get better at anything, you have to practice and um, make some mistakes, have environments where that is allowed to happen and grow from those things and hopefully not make too many mistakes where you're not going to have a business, but um, enough to help you be better at, at the um, process. And um, I think art form is the right word, but definitely the process of leadership is something that needs to be constantly worked at. And and you mentioned you're an early career CEO, early career leader, and yeah, you've got probably a lot more of this to come into the future. Um and the the ebbs and flows of a business is where you're going to get that training and that comes from time spent in the role. I mean, there's no other way to do that. You could go out and read 10,000 books on leadership and the lived experience of it is going to potentially trump most of the book learning because you've actually got to experience some things before you can say, hey, this is what I think it is. Um, and I, I, I think you're aware of that and if you've... Um, taken in and it sounds like you have the experiences of other leaders then you're armed as much as you can be for what's potentially coming there'll, there'll always be a hiccup in that process and I wouldn't be genuine if I didn't say that it's never going to be perfect but it's how you deal with um, that situation the, the situational nature of leadership I think is is something you can't avoid I'm not talking about situational leadership it's being in in a circumstance at a given time. You, I've, I've seen this expressed. Um, you used a political example before. I, I'm happy to do the same. And we had the floods up here in Queensland, the first lot of big, bad floods. And, and when it hit Brisbane really hard, I think it was around 2011, the then Premier stepped up and it was around the time of the elections, but she didn't step up in a way to promote herself um, and and sell her wares as the next premier. She did what she needed to do to help people in a uh, crisis response, and you could see that 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 natural inclination to take the reins and, and help people that that was top of her mind. And um, yeah, I think that the situation, the context you're in, can really either bring that out in you, or it doesn't. I mean, there's only there's only two ways that you can go. Um, so, yeah, look, I appreciate your feedback here. And I think I'm going to change the, the this last question a little bit, not so much looking back on your career in leadership, but you said, may, and I'll use your words here, maybe in 10 years you're going to be a different leader. Let, let's talk, let's, let's use the crystal ball analogy. Where do you want to be as a leader, say, in 10 years? What, what does Matthew Rose look like as a leader 10 years out from now? Um, I mean, I, I would like to, I, I would like to be, I guess, what, what I've spoken about so far. Yeah, I, I, I don't sit on the other side of my desk, so I don't know how I, how I come across. I would like to be um, a, a, a somewhat a, a leader who's approachable, that um, you know, people see in me that I've got their best interests at, at heart. Um, I think I 
you know, there's there's definitely areas that I need to to work on myself. Um, part of that is is showing vulnerability and humility, um, and I need to I need to work on on that. Uh, I, I mean, not to just I I feel like a broken record almost, but I think yeah, where I'd like to be in ten years is is genuine and authentic. To use those two words again. Um, if that's if I can be that, then I think I I've, I've been true to myself, and if I'm true to myself, I can I can be true to everyone else. And, and yeah, there's the old I don't know where where it came from. My um, I think my parents used to say it to me. Yeah, before you can love someone else, you need to love yourself. And and okay, this is leadership. It's not, not love, but uh, or maybe it's love. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, if I'm if I'm true to myself and I can help get the best out of myself, then I can help get the best out of out of everyone else around me. And that's that's what I'd like to do. Our business here is is um, going to thrive if everyone working here is is being the best version of themselves that they can be. And the role of of CEO here is to to help everyone be the best they can be. So yeah, 10, 10 years. I'd like to be doing that. I'd like to be doing it now, but definitely in 10 years. I'd like to thank Matthew for sharing his leadership pathway with us today. As always, thank you for following the podcast. If you like the content, please like or subscribe to help me grow the channel. Have a great rest of the week. Look after yourselves and we'll catch everyone on the next edition of Talking Leadership TV.